With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to your first Misery Hunters podcast for about a fortnight. Is that true? Was there one last week? I can't remember. I no, feel like every, was nice fortnight. I feel like every day since football went away has just melded into one, and I'm slightly losing my mind. So here we are to try and think of something to talk about and to entertain you all for as long as we can possibly manage. Um, joining me. I have Andrew Christie. Evening. And Craig Double D Divine. Hey, all right. I, I don't know what that refers to. I, I, I do honestly feel like I'm losing my mind a bit. It refers to the fucking disgusting amount of food I've been eating over the past two or three weeks in preparation for the Christmas season. <laughs> it refers to your just eat direct debit. It must be. Um, yeah, we don't have that much to to talk about that's that's fresh, so we thought we would take a look back at what we, we've already spoken to about it multiple times this season and have <laughs> a, a quick half-season review. If, uh, if you don't mind, the equivalent of The Simpsons rolling out a clip show every now and then, just to just to give the writers a week off. Um, and we'll we'll have a chat about what has been exciting this past week, and that is watching Keanu Bacchus be potentially the best footballer on the planet. Is that fair? Top one, anyway. Yeah, not, not for um, me to say, but yes, I think he'll, <laughs> he'll clearly prove it on Saturday night when he absolutely fucking bodies the fraud Lionel Messi. He's already bodied Kylian Mbappe. He bodied, he bodied the Jon Snow of international football, Christian Eriksen. <laughs> Is that fair? <laughs> Maybe it's not. Uh, but yeah, we'll get to we'll get to our man Keanu soon enough. But for now, we'll um, we'll take a quick look back at, at how the scene's going so far. I'll, um, I'll throw this one to you first, Andrew. In general, how are you feeling? We're, we're what, 15, 15 games in? Yeah, I mean, I'm, 
feeling pretty good if you take the season as a whole. We're pretty healthy. Uh, I think it's our best start for I can't was it since the kind of modern era of the league potentially. I think so. so yeah. So overall, looking at league, perfectly happy with it. But it's just that sort of home record versus away record kind of Jekyll and Hyde pitch that we've had at the moment. Like I think over twenty-one points we've got at the moment. Eighteen have come at home. Uh, you know that one win, that one win at Tannadice against uh, Dun United, being our only points we've got on the road, and um, it's not it's not just that we've kind of suffered losses on the road. Like, despite being spoiled by our home record this season, I'm not naive enough to expect us to to win every game. But it's the kind of the manner that we're losing the games away. Um, it's the kind of the things we've built our team on at home. You know, it's like defensive organization, discipline focus, it just always seems to go out the window when we go away. And I, I'm kind of thinking about the the 3-0 loss to St Johnston kind of early on in the league, uh, the battering off of Hibs last month and that awful uh, 3-2 loss away to Ross County. Um, but luckily our home record is just kind of getting us through and I think the first game back against Motherwell will be a kind of good chance to sort of arrest that away from and show that we're kind of coming back differently, I think. Am I right in saying Motherwell has got the worst home record at the moment? I think they are four points from 21 at home and ours is the second worst away record, uh, second only to Kilmarnock. So kind of both of us will be looking at that game as a, a massive opportunity to kind of put our marker down in terms of we're back and we're, we've worked on what's what's been a problem and we're kind of in business and even though Motherwell beat us at home on the opening day of the season, like, if you can allow me to be arrogant a bit, I think we're streets ahead of them in terms of squads right now, to be totally honest, so it's a game that I'm very much hoping we get something from, but overall, very happy. I, don't, I, I know I've kind of come down on this in terms of the away form, but overall it's been an enjoyable season. We've had some incredible moments that we'll talk about later on. Uh, played some cracking football, some some really good signings as well. Uh, a manager who we're buying into, and I think he's very much buying into us as well. So, I half halfway through, I'm I'm very happy and just kind of fine tuning bits here and then. I think we can kind of really push to do something potentially special this season. I think um, Motherwell against us has a real Qatar versus Ecuador feel to it, doesn't it? <laughs> there's, there's kind of no getting away. It's not going to be a victory for, for football that day. It, very quickly, while I'm talking, I'm going to make reference to the fact that in a break from the norm, my dog is in the, the B room that I use to record this, and uh, he has a, a bundle of volume, so there is every chance he's going to interject at some point um, and stop playing ball, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I think I'm in the same boat as you, Andrew, I'm broadly very happy. How can you not be happy with such an obvious upgrade in terms of results and, and kind of consistency? Um, I think that there's a slight fear, and that's justified in what comes after this. It's it's unsustainable. I don't think it's pessimistic to say that. It's, it's unsustainable for us to pick up the number of points that we've picked up from, you know, from home games. I think that there will come a point where we will lose, you know, two or three home games. It's just it's just inevitable. It doesn't mean we're suddenly a bad football team, but it'll it'll happen. And if if we don't get that together on the road and, and kind of make up that gap and, and pull a bit more weight on that side, then 
we will kind of just drift down from something that was very promising into something that was just passable. And I think that'd be a bit of a, a bit of a shame. Um, but really don't want to lose any kind of focus on the fact that up till now, 21 points from 15 games for for ourselves is, is a, a, a total we should be very happy with. And it's, it's not just the total, I think performances, at least at home, have been have been really good as well. It's, it's nice to see us with a plan and for that plan to, you know, to, to bear fruit. It's it's nice. It's, it's you know, it's, it's enjoyable to watch us late in games knowing that we'll keep going and we'll find something and, and a bit of confidence. I, I don't remember us ever playing against Celtic before and being 1-0 up and thinking we, sh- we, could, we should get a second here. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and, and not really worrying too much that they're going to pull one back either. Um, it's it's kind of novel, so... All, all big positives. There's there's so much to enjoy there, and you know we're misery hunters, right? We we find stuff to complain about, and and the rest of the fan base does too. But I think um, we'd be doing doing the club a disservice, I think, if we didn't stop and kind of smell the roses a little bit. Yeah. Um. Um. What I'm going to do here is just basically take what you've to have said and reword it because my thoughts are pretty much but toward the same. I mean, it's been one of the better. One of one of the better, probably one of the best half seasons, or no, even a half season is it? It's one of these. It's like what two fifths of a season, just with the way the fixtures have worked out. But yeah, one of the better ones in, in recent kind of memory. You know, we're clearly several points. I think is it five or six points better off at this stage compared to last year. Like you said, there's a there's a team that's on the pitch with a clear kind of kind of identity in terms of like the approach to games. You know, there's a strategy there. Quite happy to sit back, soak it up, break the hit. Largely, most of the time, we're comfortable doing that. And at least most weeks at home, we're decent to watch. You know, the, the form, as Andrew said, is a, an absolute delight. 18 points is it's brown. It's his top six form, absolutely. But yeah, the the away form is just such a such a concern. It's the relegation form, if you look at you know, our way results. And I don't think I can really pinpoint what it is because it's not as if, you know, we, we play with a really similar setup as to what we do at home. It's not as if we're going to wait at teams and completely ripping up the playbook every time and changing it. We'd be going at those games, you know, looking at going to going toe-to-toe with the likes of Ross County, Hibs, kind of boss those ones at home and then you absolutely collapse in the reverse fixture. I, I, I don't know if it's just, Teams players they maybe suss us out a little bit, and once they've done that, they, they kind of know how to snuff it out. But yeah, even St Johnson fixtures as well, we get pumped on their patch three now deservedly, and then at home we're what ten seconds away for for a win, ten seconds in a fucking once in a lifetime Nicky Clark last minute overhead kick. But I, I just I, I don't get their way form, so it's obviously a concern. But yeah, overall I'm sitting pretty delighted with the way things are going so far and still I still think we're totally totally on for finally breaking the massive top six duck that's been on our back for a number of years yeah I think right now we're we're as close to Aberdeen in third as we are to Mother Women ninth or something I think I'm sure that's a start yeah. so it's certainly like Mark said the home form will naturally take a dip, it's, un, it's not sustainable mm-hmm. in terms of we will drop points, so if we manage to make that waveform sort of meet in the middle, just bring it up a bit, I see no reason why we can't 
get in the top six and then, you know, after that, who knows, potentially push for a, for a European place. There's nobody kind of with the old firm that I look at and kind of don't think we can go to and challenge. So I think I think top six is, is very much um, within, our, within our means this year. Yeah, yeah. To, to steal a wee bit of patter for the view from the terrace show, it's it kind of has the feeling of what we got last season where the cup was it they called it the glob right in the middle where just yeah. no one wanted to break away and actually make yeah. a, a claim for you know the last couple of spots in the top six and I think this season if it pans out the same way we've got to be thinking we're, we're shoe ins for taking one of these slots. Yeah, I think I think we should hold ourselves to that standard. Like if if it bunches up in the middle again mm-hmm. with some of the consistency that we're capable of, we should be. Should be able to see off. Like, do you mean Ross County made it to what were they fifth or sixth last year? Yeah. We've got to hold ourselves to a standard where that's that's us. We can't say that that's out of reach. I think what you were saying, Craig, about you know what's at the root of it is interesting because I think our tactics are are totally set up to to pick up points away from home. And I think it's a mentality thing. I, I think I, I don't know what it is about being at home and and being away, but the, the goals that we're conceding away from home tend to be defensive mistakes or defensive lapses. You know, Declan Gallagher, you know, it seems almost unbeatable at home. And mm-hmm. as soon as he's on the road, you know, we saw, we saw it at Ibrooks, although that's a, a bit of a special case, but certainly, um, you know, Pataudry and, and, and wherever else, just, you know, a little bit of concentration goes. The guys are allowed to get a bit of space in behind, which they shouldn't get. And, and those kind of things on the most part haven't happened at home so it, it just seems like it just seems like a mentality thing and, and if, if anything if, that's maybe a bit of a green shirt because hopefully it's just a case of getting to the root of that and, and solving that the performances are in there it's not as if we can't do it it's just about finding a way to do it and I don't think that's out of our reach at all I'd, I think we're at a bit of a crossroads I think we've done so well to get to where we are if we if we just accept that this has been really good, then we'll drift back down the table a wee bit and mm-hmm. we kind of lose touch with you know with doing something a bit special. Whereas if if we do what we did you know last season and that gap and really try and screw them up on the things that have been stopping us picking up other points, I think we could come out of this break with a with a real bit of a bit of momentum and, and a bit of feel good about the club. So I don't think we're in, I don't think we're a million miles away from there. Um, Andrew, you, you touched on it at the start about you know how positive some of the signings are have, have been. I think um, I think we'll probably all pick a new signing for mm-hmm. for this one, or or at least include them in the discussion. But but generally speaking, I'll, I'll come to you first, Craig. If uh, if you'd like me to, I'll, I'll keep talking mm-hmm. so that you can finish tuning your done. Um, <laughs> uh, do you have a favourite player so far this season? So. There's been quite a few this year. I mean, you could make a case for... Well, I could make a case for, like, Strain. I'm a massive Curtis mainstay and always have been. I've never once criticised the guy in his entire career. We know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> the likes of Ayunga, Bacchus, Erehon. But I think, for me, it's probably O'Hara so far. I think just the way he's, he's come in, he's instantly kind of nailed down starting position, captain's armband. The, all, all the other players I just mentioned there... They kind of feel as if if we, if they have an off day individually, we as a team can probably still pull off a result. Whereas, feels to me if if O'Hara maybe has an off day, we we just simply we're not going to get much out of it at all. 
I think he's just that kind of player that makes his tick, and he's been, mm-hmm. yeah, an absolute kind of revelation since he came in. Was the Motherwell fans are doing what Motherwell fans do? They did with Richard Tate as well, and kind of criticised that a wee bit and said he kind of dips in and out of the season and that tends not to kind of show up more often than not. But I've not really seen that at all. There's, yeah, there's been maybe one or two games he's done it, but largely I think he's been our our best player and gave what's probably going to be a lot of people's moment or goal of the season so far. So. Yeah, O'Hara for me. Steady I think, I think we'll probably talk about that fairly shortly. I think as well, it's been kind of testament to, to the manager's faith in him that he's he's been given the captain's armband and Joe Shaughnessy's absence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, Keanu Bacchus will get a lot of the plaudits and, and rightfully so, you know, Bacchus has been an absolute gem of a find and is A, going to make us a lot of money probably very, very soon and B, going to have an amazing career. But, Marco Hara, it just kind of feels like he's always been here. Like he's a real, a real leader. He's like he's totally devoid of ego. Um, just a total, a, just a massive presence in the middle of that park, kind of dictating play on on and off the ball. He's got a kind of a calmness that and a presence that does bring out the best of Bacchus and Erohan next to him. Um, you know, and the two I mentioned there, they will they've been receiving a lot of plaudits and will probably receive a lot of transfer interest in January, but. Without O'Hara, I think we're missing the kind of midfield ballast. We just the balance isn't there, and obviously, you know, he chips in the goals as well. I think three in the league plus a penalty against them, um, Edinburgh Zoo Eleven or whatever they're calling themselves at the moment. So, ah, he's, he's been an absolute <laughs> best signing for me. He's a top guy, and yeah, love you, Mark. Thanks, Andrew. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I think um, for the sorry, I'm talking about going to talk to. Um, I think for the for the BBC call, I'd mentioned that Ahara was my my player so far, but you could just have easily written that paragraph about um, about anyone. Um, really, you know, there's there's four or five guys that you could write similarly enthusiastically about, mm-hmm. and um, and no one would have any any complaints. Back is certainly one of them. Um, I think Carson deserves. Deserves lots of plaudits. I think it's such a tough job to come in and follow. Just as Anik did, Anik came in on the heels of Fladke and everyone kind of thought, I just hope our level doesn't drop that much. And he was outstanding. And I kind of think Carson's done the same with um, with Anik. He's um, he stepped up and, and kind of taken that on and he's straight. He's, he's no longer the replacement. He's our number one. He's he's um, he's really put There's games, I think, uh, was it Kelly at home? Um, he absolutely yeah. kept us in it. Um, that that, that would have that would, been a surrender point, and I think that's pretty much how Robinson described it in his press conference right after that as well. I think he deserves to be in the conversation. I think you have to include Gallagher. Um, we've you know we've noticeably had an international class centre half in the in the middle of our defence this season, and and we've reaped the benefit for that on on multiple occasions. I, I think he you know he's, he's probably two or three better away performances away from being ind- undisputably. Um, our, our best player, um, in my opinion. Anyway, um, Ethan Erehon, to take it away from the the realms of new signings, has has almost been like a new signing this year. Under Robinson, he just seems to have, have got that bit between his teeth. He's he's he stepped up from. It looked as if a little bit as if he was just kind of drifting away, you know, into the last year of his contract. See it through, and then find out where he goes next and start again. Whereas. He's he's putting himself in a position where he's going to decide where he goes. After this, you know, I think you know 
uh, Robinson and, and the club would snap his hand off to sign a deal here. Yeah. He'll probably court a couple offers in our, our division with, with bigger teams on bigger wages. He'll certainly get some offers from down south um, if he keeps going the way he is, and, and rightly so. And so I think he's he's right up there as well. I think all things considered, I'd, I'd probably give it to O'Hara as well. It's just something, you, you, I think you said it, Andrew, like just the lack of ego. He's just he's just the guy. He's just stepped up. Similar in, in some ways, and I hope this isn't unkind to how Sam Foley was in his first season. So unexpectedly, it was just the guy. He just stepped in, kind of almost flawless, grafted constantly, as likely to show up at the back and stop a goal going in as he is to somehow ghost into the, the edge of the box and, and create something. Um, I think uh, I, I do mean that as high praise, even if uh, it might not instinctively sound like it. Um, yeah, I think um, it's so nice to be able to sit down with a question like this and I actually feel like there's choice. <laughs> And there's, you know, we're not having to just phone in the other options. It's genuinely a difficult decision, but um, <clears throat> I think we can probably give it to, to give it to O'Hara with consensus. I reckon. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite moments? You can uh, you can kick this one off, Andrew. What's what's your favorite moment of the season so far? Uh, well, I'm not 100 sure if this counts because technically not the season, but it's watching Keanu Bacchus at the World Cup for me. That counts. Uh, I think in terms of him, the player. Just absolutely delighted seeing a, a young boy kind of taking a chance on traveling to the other side of the world and joining a, a nothing team as far as he's concerned. It's not it doesn't matter about us. Um so he's kind of traveled across the world, put that work in to get himself on that kind of wider footballing radar uh, and win that place at the World Cup that he clearly wanted so much and it's just absolutely deserved. And I think he he's technically the best player in our team at an absolute canter. I think there's potentially an argument to be made if he was here for longer that he's the best non-Old Firm player in the league. But I don't think they'll get a chance to show that because he'll be playing for Huddersfield or Stoke before our Christmas dinners have been properly digested. <laughs> but, and yeah, from a team perspective, it's uh, it's massive for us. You know, it shows young players around the world that St. Mern A, exist and B, can you know be a pathway to like achieving your your football football goals and um also you just have to look at Twitter during any of the Australia games to to see what it means to us as the fans like every time the commentator mentions St Mern it's just like that Leonardo DiCaprio meme the pointing meme just but with a massive erection it's just it's been so cool just oh Jonathan Pierce just said St Mern just ah, it's been brilliant and yeah you know it puts us it, it, Raises our profile, raises his profile. It's been a very mutually beneficial move for everybody involved. And I, it's just been incredibly cool to see a St. Man player at the World Cup and to see a St. Man player retire Lionel Messi at the weekend. So, I bring it on. I think um, with Bacchus, it's just it's just so enjoyable to, to, to have a to have a link, you know, regardless of, of if he gets snapped up by someone in January or if he stays till the summer or if he sees out his contract, regardless of, of if, he's, if he doesn't play for us again and he's gone in January, he will always have been a St. player when he made his Australia debut. He'll always have been a St. player when he made his World Cup debut. He'll always have been a St. player when he come on and played against Mbappe, when he come on for Australia to get to the round of 16 for the second time in there. In their history, he'll always have been a Sutton player when he was in the centre of all the celebrations on the pitch after, where you see them 
jumping about. He's he's hugging this guy and, and that guy. And there's there's big players in that Australian team. There's big mm. uh, there's big personalities and there's there's certainly quality and and Bacchus is there on merit. I think um it's just so so enjoyable. It's it's so validating as well. I think you know that he isn't I think a lot of people don't know who he is or, or what his game is and included amongst Australia fans. I know there was a, a guy who maybe was at the wind up and maybe wasn't on Twitter who was kind of having a go at the substitution at half time for taking Goodwin off. Who I think's maybe seen as more of an attacking option and and Bacchus's reputation in so much as he had one in the A League, I think was as a you know as a, a grafter. Water carriers maybe a bit harsh, but you know, it was a grafter, he carried the ball out of, out of defence and he, he was functional. That's not his game for us at all. He's an all-action, right of a midfield three. You know, if you're playing football manager, you'd maybe call him like a Mazala or something. He's really intelligent, finding spaces, he's creative, he's pressing people within an inch of their life and then doing something with the ball after it. And you saw him break into the box for Australia a couple of times and, and, and be a real attacking outlet. And I can understand why some Australian fans would maybe just seen him play 10 or 15 times for Western Sydney whenever they come up against whatever, you know, town that employed Grant Brevner that you come from. But, like, that, that's understandable. It's, it's absolutely fine. But he's gone there and he's proven people wrong. He's he's more than than I think they assume that he is. Um, and, you know, long may, long may it continue. I think even if, even if this is a, you know, a, a, a six-month love affair, if it's a... A twelve or a twenty-four months love affair. Um, it'll always have been our link to this World Cup, um, and it, it feels pretty special. I think so. It's it's just it's kind of changed, but my moment of the season's going to be so far just based on what you are talking about. But no, it's just it's 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 wild to think that there's a guy that's going up against the likes of Mbappe and Messi. Well, on Saturday, but going up against yeah Mbappe and Messi in the World Cup, and then coming back to Paisley and turning out against the likes of fucking Money Brad Lyons and Stephen Fletcher. Um, it, it is genuinely like for for me, I don't really want to turn this into a kind of World Cup review podcast, but for me, I've not really enjoyed it all that much. Apart from there's been a few really good kind of moments and a few kind of big shock results, but overall. It's not really been a great tournament so far, I don't think. The only times I have been invested and I have been interested is when, when Australia's playing and my back is coming on. And it's at the point now I'm kind of sitting, trying to desperately change my Saturday night plans so that I can actually see the Australia-Argentina game and see a sit-down player likely getting on the pitch against some of the best players in the world. But it's just such an absolute buzz and I'm just enjoying the hell out of it for as long as it's going to last and for as long as he's going to be with us, which I, I don't think is going to be long at all. Um, if I was to try and pick a different moment of the season so far, it would probably be a tie between maybe full-time whistle against Celtic, just the, the feeling of that and how good that was, or maybe like on a more personal level, I'm certainly not saying this was the best moment of the season at all, but maybe for me it was. The... Maybe the Grieve winner against Dundee United. Because obviously Mark and I were, were commentating that day and going from the absolute farce of the a younger's goal with it being ruled out by VAR yeah. to, to Grieve kind of bulleting the winner in. Um, probably not the best moment footballing-wise, but yeah, kind of lived for me well, just because we were doing the comms. We had the, 
very successful first ever live Misery Hunters podcast later that night. Just the, the whole day from start to finish was absolutely insane. And one of one of my I think I said at the time on Twitter actually when I went home pitched, but one of my favourite days footballing wise since since I started supporting someone. It's funny you, you bring that goal up, Craig, because if um if you listen carefully <laughs> we can uh, we can pipe that in now. Aerohorn on the right takes a good touch. Sends it to the side net with a beautiful header. He's making a habit of these late goals. Fantastic! The home stadium erupts. And there we have it. Uh, a beautiful woman commented on by two beautiful men having a simply beautiful day. I mean, some of us haven't had a chance to commentate on any goals so far. Just <laughs> getting battered off Rangers and getting called a hun on Twitter. And then <laughs> two seconds, Andrew. I'll pipe in some commentary of, of when you've had a goal to say, all right, and, and that's us done there as well. <laughs> I think, no, uh, I think we'd, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the opportunity that we've been given to, to commentate. I think it's been fantastic, you know, like doing it at home, walking out that tunnel and walking around the pitch, it's proper, like, you remember why you get into football as a wee boy, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's fucking cracking, it's, it's so much fun, and... Obviously, you guys have had um, a couple of opportunities to commentate in some <clears throat> massive moments. Uh, so I was going to let you guys talk about kind of your favourite favorite goals, favourite moments you've commented on so far. I think the, the grieve one, when it happened, was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. I'm just so happy that we got to do this and that we scored a late winner. And I was like, how mm-hmm. does it ever get better than this? Mm-hmm. And then, for me, got to do the St John's thing <laughs> with uh, with Ross. Um, and I'm going to slightly bleed into what we're going to talk about next, but I don't think it matters. Um, getting to commentate on that O'Hara goal, um, that for, you know, but for Nicky Clark's gymnastics, would have would have earned us three points. Was genuinely maybe my most enjoyable moment at the football. Potentially ever. I've always been. I mean, I think we all are the type, all were the, or are the types of we guys that, when we played FIFA back in the day, or football manager, or, or whatever, that we've you know commentated along, or we've done post-match press conferences ourselves in front of the computer, and you know commentated on ourselves doing cuppy doubles and and all the the kind of other stuff as as folk do, and particularly we mentioned it at the time, but particularly the. The club commentary or when we stayed up on the last day of the season and in the playoffs against Dundee United. I think um all of us talked about just how amazing that was to hear Aye. you know, two two guys that cared about the club going off or not. And it was I've never thought to Chris Gogallan. He was yeah. coming commentating the man my uni lecture is a fantastic guy. Um just so jealous of, of the, the opportunity to do that and not something I ever thought would I would I would kind of cross paths with and and here me and Ross are, and or here me and Craig were for the Dundee United game, mm-hmm. hugging with headphones on, suddenly very conscious that people are expecting us to to say something to describe what's happening and, and rapid, it. <laughs> rapidly fumbling for something. Matt, you know, we can um, we can play a Neil Harrigal now, actually. Erohan does well to keep the pressure on. The ball's back in again. Marco Hara! 
Yokohara finds the top corner. Right where the owl sleeps. <laughs> I'm sorry if your eardrums are gone, but mine have. That is an exceptional finish. What a goal from Mark O'Hara. And uh, very noticeably, my voice breaks <laughs> in, the, in a way that it, that it hasn't um, in, in, in many years. Um, yeah, even even the game, and, and I guess this is something that you can maybe identify with a bit more than than the goal stuff, Andrew. Don't want to leave you out. The Hibs game, you know, when we phoned in a shocking performance and with half an hour to go, we knew it was done. I enjoyed that talking nonsense and taking texts off people to say things just as much as as anything else. It's a it's a tough day to talk nonstop when your I team's mean, getting pumped. But that's such, that's an incredibly funny uh, audio. You, it's like there's a gas leak in Easter Road or something. You and Jamie <laughs> just so I don't know if you've got any clips there of some of the shite that was spouted, but I it was really good fun to listen to. The uh, the only clip I've got here, unfortunately, I think I do have. Uh, Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll pipe this in because why not? I do have me and Jamie trying to fit in as many mass puns as we could in, in about 30 seconds. Mass graduate, Joe Shaughnessy, no less. I'm sure we can fit in a mass pun later. I'll try and do the numbers. I mean, that was a good pass, and when you have him in defence, it you know, all adds up. I, I mean, I didn't mean that we should do them right now, but... Yeah, <laughs> I'll try and subtract them from the next thing I say. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'll take it for this to be the thing that divides us, Jim. I know. <laughs> I didn't even catch it. And uh, after that, the only other clip that I've got is me. Uh, I used to work with a guy whose sidelines is a hardstyle DJ, <laughs> who's a Hibs fan, <laughs> and uh, I gave him a shout out to him comms because I promised that I would. Um, but other than that, it's kind of left to history. I, I know that I did uh, say that What's Love Got To Do With It's a Whitney Houston song and not a Tina Turner song, which I got immediately dug out for. Aye, but she's not going to pull you up about it, is she? I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> um, um, if, if you are listening, Whitney, um, send it to the Misery Hunters Twitter account and we'll deal with it from there. In fact, I wanted to send a complaint to TalkSport, actually. Um, Some told she was listening for being <laughs> on the grave. Her and, her and Maggie, just listening. She's, she's downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, Having that is as much fun as anything else, and it's, you know, I don't think we're letting the cat out of the bag. I, I think we're we're going to get some more opportunities to do that once the once the football is back as well. The club seemed quite happy to to continue letting us loose with it, so we've all got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to look forward to. Andrew, I know that you will get to commentate on a goal in the near oh, future. I, I know, and I will feel it. I will. I will make. I will embarrass us all. I'll make a scene. <laughs> um, Unless it's a consolation. Go with a 5 1 defeat to Aberdeen in Christmas. Franco <laughs> Miranda um... style, just <laughs> the world's crumbling around us and out of nowhere as the best goal anyone's ever seen. I reckon I owe a, a shout out to was it Sam and Jamie that were commentating in the, the Rangers game just before the. Yeah, yeah it was, yeah. It's funny you should say that, Craig, because uh, we can actually play that in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Declan Gallic up well. At the long throw. Main wins a flick on. Are you going? Oh! Yes! yes! Come on! Get in there! Come on! Jonah Yunga! What a beautiful man! Get in there! Come on, Saints! 
cannot ask for any better way to start from. Yeah, aye. Brilliant. Um, yeah, for that, because I, I didn't actually get to go to that game. I was in Germany watching the other type of football. Um, so obviously, absolutely spent my Saturday night steaming, only knowing what the result was, and then waking up the next morning to, to that audio getting shared in the, the group chat and on Twitter of just Sam and Jamie going absolutely fucking <laughs> tonto at that goal. It was just the best thing ever. I think we and yeah. I think they annoyingly got a lot of admirers and, and Celtic fans on Twitter. Oh. Which we need to redress that balance when they yeah. when we play them again. But uh, it's I feel like the, it was just you know, it was it was just pure fortune, pure pure luck. It's just the way that the the grains of the, the grains of the sands of time fell away that you went to Ibrooks and Everyone and their dog turned into a complete asshole, <laughs> and then, and then Jamie and Sam got to do that, and for whatever reason, half of Glasgow was watching because they, I think they watch Rangers more than they watch their own team, and um, and started playing. Obsessed. Yeah. No, he's a thing. He's a thing. Um, but yeah, I think uh, that's right up there. I think just seeing that getting a bit of momentum behind it, the the clip of all the podcasts together. After oh, the Celtic course. game, yeah. um, it's got to be up there in terms of, in terms of moments. I, I didn't look at the podcast section of my Spotify Wrapped because I don't listen to many podcasts on there, but I have listened to like seven or eight full Celtic podcasts this season to try and I, pull uh, all those clips out. And I think every now and again, every now and again, I'll listen to an opposition fan podcast for just kind of a bit of research. Uh, whether I'm writing my, my article after the, the game and I'll get rec- like new episode for you. It's like the latest Kilmarnock, whatever. And I'm like, yeah. nah, that's Kilmarnock. Um, my, my actual moment of the season is it stands alone in terms of our banter <laughs> years or whatever, you want to, <laughs> whatever name you want to put on it. I know I, I, know I said that celebrating that O'Hara goal, the grief goal is as good as I felt, but Nothing, nothing in terms of actual circumstances, nothing will ever come close for me to the enjoyment of a Jonah Younger making a diving save in front of his his own goal. B the rejoicing from the Levy fans <clears throat> in the away end, from the Levy media behind us, just the, the who, who are good guys, but just the the happiness everywhere, the cheerios as a Younger's walking off the pitch, and then Sean Kelly. Absolutely, Johnny Wilkinson one into <laughs> into the departure lounge at Glasgow Airport. Just phenomenal from start to finish. I think you could not script a more enjoyable two minutes of football for me. And it happened against another club who like to shithouse things wherever they they can. As is the right, as is our right. I, I like the dark arts, but no, just the. the for that to happen and for it to for every part of it to go as well as it possibly could have. And I include finding out afterwards on replay that Carson would have saved it anyway. Absolutely had it covered. <laughs> really adds to it. Like that that dials up just how much I enjoyed that. Yeah. Not um, only was it mental, it was unnecessary, which just gives it that added edge of just absolute just, chef's oh, kiss. Brilliant. Just the best. Just so good. If we could do that every week, I would be a happy man. <laughs> Um, 
any more for any more in, in terms of moments or, or goals that we've we've not covered yet? Uh, well, talking about goals, my favourite goal is a bit of a kind of weirder one, but I'm going to go for Curtis Main's second goal against Dundee United back in August. Yeah. Uh, in the 3-0 win, I think. But, uh, it was about five minutes out in the second half, Dundee United are on the attack. Um, Glenn Middleton or Dylan, Le- Dylan Levitt or somebody down there, they're right. Looks for a cross. Mark O'Hara dispossesses him. Drives forward, finds Ayunga on the edge of their box, uh, who cuts inside and lays off Curtis Main to fire his second in. And in the space of, I think it's like 11 or 12 seconds, we've gone from defending our box to celebrating a goal. And it's just kind of in that moment, you're sort of like kind of thinking, oh, we've got we've got a bit of a game plan here. You know, there's, there's something mm-hmm. about us this season. And it's just indicative of like all our best performances have come from that style of play, you know, kind of seeding possession, kind of remaining organised and opting for, for quality of possession over quantity. So for what that goal kind of represented, kind of, and looking back, that's been my favourite. And also in the highlights on YouTube, after the goal goes in, you can see Sam going fucking mental in the crowd. So that's good fun. <laughs> If nothing else. <laughs> I think that's the kind of, oh shit, we're actually a football team moment. Mm-hmm. You know, 1-0 up at Tanadice is one thing, but 2-0 up and not looking like you're going to lose that is another. And have I got my timeline wrong on this? Or was this after they beat Alkmaar, but before they took the 7-0? I could not tell you, sorry. I, f- I, feel, like we were one, I feel like of those four or five now anyway. Yeah, I think of those like four or five results that got Ross the sack, I feel like this, this result was like the first or second. Um, it was before the Celtic 9 now. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever score that was like. It's just I think so that's, funny. That goal is actually another entry in this, this weird ledger I've got where I seem to experience massive buffering right before a goal which it goes in. <laughs> I think on that day I was... On a mega bus through to Glasgow because ScotRail, as usual, cancelled all their trains. Good guys. And I, I think I just missed it, like a ten-minute passage of that game, and didn't they see the replay for two or three days? So I seem to make it a habit of missing important goals. Um, other than the the O'Hara one, um, Richard Tate against Ross County, maybe. Oh, just of course, a yeah. Beautiful goal yeah, from a beautiful man, man and a fucking horrific picture by Alan Picken or whoever it was that took the, the one of Richard Tate sliding to celebrate it. It's just it's the stuff of nightmares. I think uh, getting to chat to folk around the club actually, walking down the tunnel to to bring it back to the, the commentary side of things, like get in the main door at the club, chairman walks past, all right, boys, how's it going? Good to see you again. Lasley, all right, guys. Oh, you and doing commentary again. That's good. Blah blah blah. And then down the tunnel, and then after the game's finished, taking your time and just letting the full. Again, been quite lucky to have mostly positive results. Was yeah, that, um, was that the, the, the day that? Sorry, was that the day that the the Kibble, uh, rep approached us and gave us our uh, free half season tickets? Yeah, yeah. And that that big sack <laughs> of money with a dollar sign on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They said at the next Stonecutters meeting that we go to, that they would um, they'd give us our club cars as well. I think we're all getting Infinity saloons um, to take us back to the golden age of St. Martin Motor Vehicles. 
courtesy of the Kibble, courtesy of, of charitable donations, it should be said. Um, and, and, and we thank everyone for that. Um, but yeah, just getting to walk back around to chat to like other clubs, media folk to stand around with folk doing the press stuff, it, it, it just adds an element that I just never thought I would have exposure to to get to do that. It's just such a buzz. And um, even if this is the only season that we get to do this, we'll always have had this season doing it. It's just such a good thing um, for us. It's, it's so nice. So there's a moment of younger ripping it out of Levy and just being pure cinch. But there's lots of other moments to go along with that. Anything anything mm. that we've not touched? Jack Ross getting sacked was pretty funny. Yeah. That was, that was pretty Jack. funny. Yeah. That was the banter it. moment of the season so far. Yeah. Getting announced in a pair of shots and then getting binned. Having conceded <laughs> 24 goals in four games, or whatever it was, and three of them were against us. Just magnificent. There's no other way to put that. Um, we also technically got Geo sacked as well, didn't we? Yeah, we've got a really good uh, run of doing that kind of thing uh, to managers. We got Tony Mowbray back in the day as well. And I uh, we get Neil Lennon so. bagged as well after. Was Neil Lennon not bagged after the Parkhead loss? No. I think we're not that was the major we, we can claim a wee bit of credit. Did we not get Le Guin sacked as well? Le Guin got Le Guin sacked. <laughs> that Bush got Le Guin sacked. <laughs> that was Kashinia. Oh, fucking hell, so it was. I do apologise, Rangers. See, I'm not oh. a man about them. Oh, your silly little foreign managers all, <laughs> all blending together because they're silly men who did silly things. They chat, chatted shit and they got banged. Who, who um, do you think is uh, was shorter out of Lee Johnson and Gio? Sean Maloney. <laughs> <laughs> I think then, I think... uh, sorry. Michael Beale's a pretty wee guy as well, isn't he? He's very much yeah. taken up that mantle of... Was it in our group chat or was it... There's another group chat I'm in where, like, honestly, within 30 seconds of Beale getting announced, there's a message coming on my WhatsApp which is, he is two inches shorter than when broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> just a, How far can this go? How many years do we have to go before Rangers announce their first sub-four-foot manager? <laughs> just wee man from Jackass on, on the touchline. Peter Dinklage announced... <laughs> we man's chronic tacos and four two three one. <laughs> anyway, I think our minds might be collectively melting into soup, so that's probably a good point to to call it. Um, End it. Yeah, lots of lots of good things happening. We will be back next week with more more shit to talk. I'm assuming we'll talk about Keanu Beckis's man of the match performance and whoever they're playing in the quarterfinal. Um, but until then, I think we're coming up on another. Weekend of free postage on on uh, uk. if you want to pick up some t-shirts or hoodies, <laughs> prints, stickers, lots of fun up there. <clears throat> I think uh, the uh, I think it's Yodel they use for delivery, so if you want your next door neighbour to get a free Christmas present um, at some point <laughs> in the next kind of seven to ten days, then by all means buy and, and get that delivered. Um, Jamie owns a beer shop. That's really cool. Um, selling loads of stuff for Christmas. I think he's going to a Christmas market to punt some stuff. Notice he's got panther milk in, so Oof. I will be chapping his door to go in and get some of that. I am if a cocktail has dairy in it, I am yeah. there. That stuff's deadly in the best way. Yeah, I am a white Russian stan. Um, so I will be 
all over that stuff. Um, no choice. Although it's, it's oat milk, isn't it? It might not even... Do you still count that as dairy? It's oat milk, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, enough about Panther Milk. Go and spend your money at Jamie's shop over Christmas. And uh, until next week, fuck. Should, should we say... Should we say... Is it fuck Daryl McVeigh because we're supposed to announce the winner of the uh, HL competition, so he fuck, can get a shout out. Aye, fuck Matt Jordan for not remembering that. <laughs> um, yeah, this one's uh, this one's Patreon giveaway uh, winner, as Craig has, has just revealed, is Daryl McVeigh. Daryl, you've been contacted on Patreon. You've been contacted on Discord. You've been contacted on Twitter, where you have the youngest profile picture of anyone on that platform. There was a conversation whether we were allowed to give <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> and your Facebook was creeped to make sure that your, uh, your date of birth was before 2005. Um, so yeah, you've won a £30 voucher for Jamie's shop. Um, Jamie will have been in touch with you by now, I guess, but just in case, drop him a message and we'll get you sorted out with that. And we'll get thinking as to what December's prize is that we can give away. Um, hopefully... Not guaranteeing anything. Hopefully, over the next few weeks, we're trying to to maybe see what we can do before Christmas with them um, with the club and see. I, I don't know if we'll have commentary, but we'll, we'll, we're trying to to do some stuff. And, and so, if we can figure something out there, then maybe that'll be a nice Christmas <coughs> Patreon price. Who knows? But I'm not promising anything. Under promise, over dollar. It's the way it should be. But uh, yeah, until then, I stand by it. Fuck Leo Messi. Fuck Sam Smith's Christmas tree. Fuck Lee Johnson. <laughs> Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.